1: Power 3, powered by Low T Center and LowTCenter.com. reinvented men's healthcare, Gentlemen, it is January 2022. Time to turn it up, guys. Turning it up means knowing where you stand with your numbers, your testosterone numbers, knowing where you stand with your health. That's turning it up. And you can learn uh, more about... Where you stand in terms of your health with Low T Center, you can get uh, those levels tested with a comprehensive annual he- health assessment uh, that is done right there at Low T Center, where they exclusively specialize in men's wellness. Right now, one fifty-five a month for self-pay, or covered by most health insurance for the at-home monitored self-inject testosterone treatments. Low T Center. And com. Ben McKee, Jason Swain. Yesterday was um, a media availability for Rick Barnes, and a lot of that <clears throat> attention was because of the, the LSU game and kind of asking Rick about some, some of the answers and some of the things he saw in that game and how you improve and how we improve and how some players who are struggling on his team, improve, uh, especially Josiah Jordan James. He was asked about his shooting from three. And Rick Barnes says what we want him to do is to take the shots he takes in practice. That is what we want. He does shoot it at a very high percentage. He really does. But I think what happens when you are struggling, and it's not, not just Josiah. It could be any player anywhere. When you come out and, like, he hit his first shot the other night. It was perfect shot in rhythm of what we wanted. When you struggle like this, it is natural to think, okay, I just want to see if I can make another one. He normally takes wide open shots, but the second one he shot was in transition, and he was not set. He was anxious, but there's no doubt he was. We talked about it with him, and we tried to tell him. There's a fine line where you go, and I said the other day after the game, um, we were very tight in the Ole Miss game. We went somewhere maybe over the other way where um, – we went somewhere maybe over over the other way where I uh, had to find that balance still. That is where players individually have to find a balance. The, the one thing we know is that we don't think he's hunting shots to do that. I really don't. We want those shots to come into flow. You get When you get the penetration that sometimes with our guards, those opportunities are going to be there. So, basically, man, he's taking shots that, that he's making in practice, and he wants him to continue to take open shots. I mean, that's
2: kind of what we talked about yesterday. Is, I, I agree with that sentiment. I, I don't ever look at Josiah and think, man, that was a bad shot. Now, I am getting to the point, and I talked about this yesterday, I am getting to the point with Josiah, like, I don't care how open you are. If they're not going in, don't take it. I mean, it's it's a it's been a year and a half thing now for Josiah. We, we've always had this conversation with Josiah. He's got a pretty stroke. He takes good shots. When is it going to start going in? And, and now, like, the you, you're reaching the point to where, like, you just are what you are. Yeah, I don't know how I don't know
1: how far you can go if you have pl- guards who are open and not shooting open shots.
2: But if he continues to miss them, yeah, I what's the point of an open shot if you can't even make the open shot? Yeah, I know. But I'm just attack the rim.
1: <laughs> but I mean, if, if, if you're you, open, drive towards the basket. If you're open, that means you're probably
2: driving into not being open. Yes, I recognize that.
1: So I mean if you're open that means Or driving to a, a pull-up late, jumper. There's a late closeout and and you know, somebody's hands down and you have a shot, you, you pump fake and then go try the ball in traffic, you're probably giving up a good shot for a bad shot. So I feel you, man. Maybe maybe there's a balance between not taking as many and going to the basket. I mean, all of his shots were behind three point line against LSU. And someone that is as physical as he is at and six athletic. six and can and can bang and can make plays around the rim, you know. You want him to take more than just three point shots. He's not Brandon Powell, so yeah.
2: But aside from like missing open shots and that starting to become a thing of hey, how many do you keep taking if you continue to miss them? Aside from that, like I've I don't ever watch Josiah and think that was a that was a bad shot. No, he no. takes shots within the offense. So I agree with Rick sentiment. There was my point. Yeah, I th- I think the results.
1: Could could be worse if guys who are open don't take shots because now we're talking about overpassing and a turnover where if you take a good shot at least you have an opportunity to rebound or well, you should we're not we not being really great in that area either but like you're supposed to take good shots you're supposed to um, of course Rick Barnes asked about Brandon Huntley Hatfield why he's excuse me not getting minutes. Flat out consistency is what Rick Barnes says we have we have told Brandon and his teammates have told him that we need him to really come and be a force. We need him to want to impact the game when he comes in and not just try to you know, stay in the game by not making mistakes. We do not care if he makes mistakes, if he's going to go at the speed and playing at speed that we want throwing his body around like Saturday. Um, I thought the best play of the game Saturday is when the player from LSU went in and dunked the ball, uh, and and, uh, Olivier went up and challenged it, a.k.a. he got dunked on. But then, turned around, the next play, Olivier went back and blocked the shot. To me, that's what it's about. We need that. That is the type of play we need from Brandon, uh, Uros, John, and our front-line guys. You know what? I thought about when I was reading this quote, what what Rick wants. Rick wants 2019 John Fulkerson from Brandon Huntley Hatfield. Remember when Fulkerson Fulker would come in, throw his body around, mm-hmm. energy, energy guy. Get a get a get a tough offensive rebounds, diving into the first row. That's what Brandon Brandon Huntley Hatfield needs to do. His energy is so low, man. I said this yesterday. It's just he's low energy. He doesn't he seem, can't play.
2: He doesn't look locked in. He he looks lackadaisical.
1: Guys, y'all y'all out here looking at his stars and going, man, we gotta you gotta give him a you gotta give him a chance to see what he can do. He's low energy in practice. Uh-huh. <laughs> Why you gonna put him in the game and be low energy? That doesn't make any sense.
2: There there are things to be frustrated with Rick Barnes about right now. The Brandon Huntley Hatfield situation is not one of them. No, I agree 100. percent I mean,
1: I can, you know, I can, pick, I can poke holes in our offense of philosophy at times. Rick Barnes and and how uptight our guys play. But listen, if you ain't bringing energy, like there's there's n- bringing energy doesn't require a skill. That's want to. That's the decision that you make, and you can't play this game. If you don't bring the energy and basketball is a game, man, dude, I, I love basketball. If you love basketball, how are you not approaching this game with energy? Basketball is to me, the greatest game ever. I love it, but you got to have that energy. So that was a really good explanation. from Rick, one that we I mean, kind of talked about yesterday, but uh, certainly hits home coming from the head coach like it did yesterday. Um, he is encouraged on the play of Olivier Camois. I'm encouraged by, by Olivier, man. I think I think he's the one post player that's bringing that toughness. Um, and it's going to be needed tonight, man, because Carolina is a tough, tough team um, physically. And they have been ever since Frank, Mark, Frank Martin has been there. Uh, when you look at some of the, the notes of this game and some of the things that stand out, Ben – um, they got they got some freshman play, they got some transfers um on their on their on their roster. You know, South Carolina's entering this this game with the same record as Tennessee. Obviously, Carolina has not played the same record and have the same quality of opponents, but um they have experience winning this season.
2: Yes, and, and part of that is they had a very weak non conference schedule, uh one hundred and fifty third strength of schedule in the non-conference and uh, South Carolina, they're not good at all offensively. The only thing they do well Offensively is they they rebound they are really good on the offensive glass They're averaging 13.5 offensive rebounds a game That is good for second in the SEC and 17th nationally Uh, They they do have a, a quicker tempo than most they're twenty they're 28th and adjusted tempo according to uh old kim Pom, uh of 72.3 adjusted tempo and they don't have their 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 shots blocked a ton and that's because they are big inside the the post they, they do have a lot of size now it's not efficient size but it is it is size and, and they are tough like like you mentioned swain they they have two post players uh that somewhat stand out uh aj wilson he's a transfer from george mason he kind of starts at the four and uh, he is the all-time leader in blocked shots at george mason uh this year just 4.1 points 4.5 rebounds but averaging nearly a block a game so uh olivier folky uros brandon they're, they're gonna have to bring it tonight and it's not just aj wilson uh they have wildens Levesque. he he starts at the five and he he is more of the more efficient offensive player than the George Mason transfer, A.J. Wilson. He's averaging 10.5 points, six rebounds, and nearly a blocked shot a game as well. He has five straight games in double figures, seven games this season with six or more rebounds. So they don't do really anything well offensively. All They, they, they do grab offensive rebounds, but aside from that, they don't shoot the ball well from the field. They don't shoot the ball well from three. They turn the ball over a ton. They're 328 in turnover percentage. Really bad at taking care of the basketball. They are 190th in offensive efficiency. Defense, a little bit of a, of a different story. 40th in defensive efficiency. They they are tough team, so you would expect them to be. Good on the defensive end, and and they are, twenty uh, fifth in effective field goal percentage allowed, and they've limited opponents to just thirty eight percent shooting, twentieth uh, best in the country, and third in the SEC. Uh, and, and they do force turnovers as well. They're thirtieth in and turnovers, and they do have some defensive weaknesses according to the statistics. Um, they they it's weird. They get a lot of offensive rebounds. But they give up a lot of offensive rebounds. 308th in the country in offensive rebounds uh, given up. And they, they do, they have allowed opponents to shoot the ball well from, from three. 30% of, of teams' points are coming from the three-point line against South Carolina, and that is 215th most in, in the country. So they, they, they do some things really well defensively. They also don't do some things really well defensively. So, I would take the under in this game. I don't I don't know what the under is, but uh with with the way South Carolina struggles offensively, with the way Tennessee has struggled offensively, I I would expect a a low-scoring, grinded-out game. I I think it'll be very similar to the old Miss game. Oh lord. No. But but you also take into consideration that Tennessee went 8 minutes to start the game. Without scoring, no. surely that won't happen again. I, I think it'll be similar in the sense of it, it'll just be a, a low-scoring game. But Ole Miss, is, Ole Miss and South Carolina are built very similarly. It's just Ole Miss is a, a better version. Uh, a, a team that struggles offensively and kind of got hot from three. Rick said that. That <laughs> I asked him actually on Friday after our show going into the uh, LSU game. I said – I, I don't remember exactly how I worded it, but uh, Ole Miss shot 50% from three. So I asked him when he went back and watched kind of what he thought led to that success. And and I asked him what their rules are in terms of helping on three-point shooters. And he did admit that they are a team that helps off more than than other teams. And that's because they want to get in the gaps and defend the gaps and create deflections and create steals. So that honestly made me feel a little bit better. At least there's a, a reasoning mm-hmm. to the madness, and, and and it does make sense. But when I asked him that, he also said that that was the first time all year in which somebody got hot. And if you looked at their numbers going into the game, what they did in the game did not reflect what you thought they would do going into it, and that was the first time that a team got hot. He said that you could tell that the the basket looked like the Atlantic Ocean for, for Ole Miss. Yeah. So I, I think Ole Miss is a, a they're not a good offensive team, but they're, they're just a better version of, of South Carolina. So it, it should be a double digit win for Tennessee if, if they handle business. Ken Palm calling for a 76 to 62 Tennessee win. 90% chance of a Tennessee 14 win points. To Ken Palm.
1: So Action 247 uh, is your go to betting app, the only legal sports book in Tennessee. Right now, the spread is 15 points Tennessee. Ben and the uh, over under is 141.5. Take the under. Yeah, 141.5. <laughs> and the promotion for today, along with the promotion that will be going on uh, to the end of the month, is by using the promo code SWAINE EVENT for first time customers. There's a 100% match on your deposit up to $800. So you have that promotion going on. Take advantage of that. And the daily promotion for today is parlay promotion where you bet $25 on college basketball on a parlay with plus 200 or greater odds and you will receive a automatic $10 bet. So a Tennessee game might be a good, good game to get in on on, on a parlay.
2: Who was playing today? No, uh, Kentucky. In terms of the SEC, Kentucky is in Nashville to take on
1: Vanderbilt. Man, that's a that's a that's a surprising line. Uh,
2: the Iron Bowl of basketball takes oh. place at 9 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. That's important to. Auburn at Alabama. Auburn should win. Alabama's three-point favorites. I, I like Auburn. You got Ole Miss, AM. and That's a, a sneaky good game, but uh, Tennessee kicks off the four-game slate at 630 on the SEC network.
1: Check, it, check this out, man. Kentucky is only a seven-and-a-half-point favorite against Vanderbilt.
2: I would take Kentucky to cover, but I, I, a little advice. You don't have to take it, but be careful betting Vanderbilt games because you would think that they're going to lose for the most part. But Scottie Pippen Jr. is capable of single-handedly covering for Vanderbilt or winning flat out. I'd, I'd be weary betting Vanderbilt games this year. Yeah, Kentucky's had some injury yes. issues with the guard. So. They've been
1: inconsistent, but, um, which is why you see that
2: line. And it's a home. So it's game. an away game. Yeah, it, it is. It's an away game for Vandy, and they're not allowing. That's a away game for Kentucky. Technically, yes, but it will be an away game for Vanderbilt because Vanderbilt, we have not talked about this during around the SEC, but they're not allowing students. Their own fans. Yeah, they're not allowing students into the game until after the Tennessee game next week. But other fans can come. Yes, I believe that's the case. I did not read the story. I just saw the headline, but I believe that's the the case. I think I saw that too. And
1: I was like, what? All right.
0: If you want to get in on the conversation, call the Iris Networks hotline at 865-200-5503. Grow your business with Iris Networks high-speed fiber internet. irisnetworksusa.com
1: Let's go to the phones. Let's get to the Iris Network's hotline. 90 days, no payment for business internet. Hour 3, powered by Low T Center and LowTCenter.com, Reinventing Men's Healthcare. Turkey Man, good morning, sir.
4: Hey, good morning, guys. Can you hear me okay? I'm on speakerphone for going up the road, so I'll make sure you hear me okay.
1: Yep, we we'll hear you.
4: Okay, good, okay, good. Hey, you know, I had many different emotions last night during that game. I... Uh, you can look at look at a game and not really you you know, I would have loved it if Georgia had lost because I could watch their tears. Uh, the announcers seemed to be pulling more for Georgia and I thought, well that's 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 different to, than pulling for Alabama. And to me the officiating for the most part was better last night than I've seen.
1: That call on the field with the uh, f- you know fumble recovery for Alabama, that was a that was an amazing call on the field. I was wow. stunned they got it right. Yeah, they got it right, man. That was amazing. I mean, and,
2: and to, the play to start the
1: game to, to to the to get it right before replay. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. You should get it right after replay, but they got it right before replay. That was remarkable because I did not see him be number one. Um, Seth and Bennett. I didn't think it was clear that there was a fumble, and number two. The recovery, like we're talking, like centimeters yes. of his foot not going out of bounds. So I, that was a that was a great call. I was hoping yes, they had the uh, New City Ball referees, but
4: unfortunately, they didn't. Well, I also noticed that uh, they had to stop play to clear clear the field, and they didn't say nothing about it or make a big deal about it. And I thought, well, that's different than what we get. But anyhow,
1: yeah, because what we I did what, thought, was different. Yeah,
4: that's right. They was just chunking it everywhere and they didn't even acknowledge it really. But, uh, yeah, I thought all in all, uh, and I thought, I thought about, you know, toe-o-toe of being in the, in the portal and I was thinking, you know, man, I, I, as bad as we've been and what we've been through, I can't go to no fan portal and and change, change, uh, I'm a ball, that's all I can be. I'll probably die this fall, and so I just uh, – I had mixed emotions. I really did. I think uh, like, uh, you didn't want to bull, but then uh, you, you've seen the good part of both ways. Alabama got beat. That's good. I hate to listen to Kirby and them interview him about how he's a, a top-notch coach now, which I, I still don't have much yep. to think about being a coach. But I'll get out of here, guys. See I you, Turkey, man. Like a- I'll
1: turn TV off as soon as uh- – Pick six, like I didn't change the channel, Ben. I turned the TV off. Uh,
2: I, I turned it off after the Kirby Smart and Stetson Bennett e- interview that immediately preceded the game. Yeah, uh, that's when I turned it off. I, I did not want to watch the celebration. Now I do want to take a moment, if you would allow me, Swain. We we need to. You got a microphone to to take a moment. You pushing buttons now. Your your name's on the show. We need to take a moment. And I just really, really, Swain knows what's coming. That's why he grabbed this cup. I just really want to send a congratulations to Dave Tona. Oh, man. Because I know it's been a long. I didn't know you was (laughs) going. I know it's been a long 41 years for you, Dave Tona. Oh, man. About 60, 65 years old. (laughs) That'll dry up. We're good. That's on the carpet. (laughs) I know it's been a long 41 years for you, Dave Tona. Mm. But I just want you to know that from the bottom of my heart, Mm. I'm so happy for you that you and your Diddy and your Georgia Bulldogs can say that you're now national champions. I'm really happy for you, Dave Tona. You deserve this moment. <laughs> yeah, you really do. You I'm right. happy for you, Dave. You ain't right, Dave and Daytona. I'm happy for you.
1: How about how about the Georgia player wearing a Bama championship hat?
2: <laughs> really? I did not see that. I'm telling you, I'm not scrolling Twitter. I, I don't want to see the the slop fest over Georgia today. It was uh, the
1: Kobe Dean. It was a Bama Nash Championship hat. Oh man. My goodness. <sighs> I turned off, man. As soon as the P6 happened, I turned the TV off. I was done with sports <laughs> at that moment. I was done for the night. Oh, man. <sighs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Von says the call against us. And the call against us, what different? Hmm. I don't know what you mean there of all of Birmingham. If they, lose, if they lose this game, Bill, Bill, Barnes will feel the most heat he has. Oh, no doubt about it.
2: Oh, no doubt about now, it. Now there was one moment in the football game where I, I, I got redneck mad for a split second because they didn't call forward progress. They had like three guys trying to bring one down and they went from the left hash all the way to the sideline, trying to, Trying to bring the the guy down, and it went. It was like a, a standstill for like four or five seconds, and no whistle. Out of the two different crew, forward man. progress calls I had to witness that year or this year for Tennessee, and and then see that 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 was frustrating. I it triggered me for a second.
1: Yeah, Val <clears throat> Berman said the call against us was different. That's why we acted different. Uh, you mean with the with the trash bin thrown? Yes. I mean, if y'all want to if y'all want to compare that, y'all can. I don't really see the comparison
2: at all. But hey, and they they did mention it in passing. They did mention it as they should have because it was only like two water bottles. It was the, they didn't, the didn't game, game. Stop the stopped. game for thirty minutes.
1: Yeah, they they didn't stop the game. You didn't have you know cheerleaders running off and you know like it's not. It wasn't the same. So I'm I'm not on that man. I'm sorry, but. I did see some folks in their feelings about Alvin Kamara being on the sideline. And I'll be honest, I don't really care. Don't bother me. Cause Alvin Kamara has done and does more for Tennessee being in the NFL than any other player in the NFL right now. And if he wants to hang out with his boys that played Alabama, I don't care because he is like, Alabama's not gonna be recruiting. going, man, yo, Alvin Kamara's on the sideline with us. He's recruiting for us. Like I, I, I Alvin Kamara still loves Tennessee and wants Tennessee staff to use him to help Tennessee be successful. That doesn't bother me. Is it weird? Sure, whatever. It's weird, but like it doesn't bother me. It, it really, didn't
2: bother it, me, but I did not like it. Man, I, I was I'm, I was indifferent. He was hanging out with North Korea. He was hanging out with the Soviet Union. But he went there and built relationships there. I don't care. Okay. I I'm not mad at him. I just didn't like
1: it. I mean, I understand that. I ain't telling you to like it. I ain't gonna sit here and say I liked it, but it it don't bother me. But yet
2: but yet more people wanna tweet about Peyton being in a box being neutral. In his hometown, essentially. They're playing in Indianapolis, where Peyton, I believe, still has a home. I think he lives out in Denver all the time, but I think he still has a home in Indianapolis. People bother by paying me in the game? Yes. Lord, Lord. I'm moving on. Um Yes. Uh speaking of moving on, uh Rick Barnes had a different tune to the John Fulkerson oh, situation. Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: we talked about that before the show.
2: Yesterday during his media availability identity. Yeah, he did, man. He that. Uh, He did
1: not know that John Fulkerson didn't feel right against Ole Miss, and that is not ideal. There should be an open line communication player. If you don't feel right, then you need to be letting somebody know.
2: Rick said, my comment after the game about him was, if he is sick, he needs to let us know so we can help him get back to where he needs to be because we need John playing to the level where he was against Arizona. Uh, Rick also said that John knew exactly where Barnes was coming from with his post game comments at LSU. I will never say anything in this room referring to the media room that I haven't said to my team. If you think I am going to use you guys to get a message to my players, you are nuts.
1: Yeah, that's why the that's why the comments didn't didn't bother me like some of the other folks out there. Because I, I'm, I'm sure you know John's heard it before, but honestly, what bothers me more is the miscommunication. That bothers me more that you 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 have your your six year player not feeling himself, and that has not been communicated properly to to the head coach, and head coach doesn't know that. Yeah, like part of me that a- that's not that's not ideal.
2: Correct. It is a mistake on on John's part not to. Inform the staff, or who knows what happened. Yeah, the situation is
1: a mistake. I don't, yes. you know, if you want to point the finger at one person or the other, but it doesn't really matter. It happened, and and you have a veteran coach and you have a veteran player, that should not happen, period. Correct.
2: And part of me appreciates if this is the case, if it were the case, like part of me appreciates Folky trying to, to gut through it and, you know, try to. Tough it out and and not let it be an excuse and and kind of hide it in order to tough it out. Part part of me appreciates that, just the general concept of it. But at the end of the day, like you just said, Swen, you you got to let the coach know because you're a you're hurting yourself first and foremost. You're impacting yourself first and foremost, and b you're impacting the team. Yeah, you gotta let, you got you gotta let you gotta let the folks know. <clears throat> I remember my, my Alabama
1: game my senior year. And I take myself out. And like that's one of the hardest things to do is to tell them you can't go. Because you don't want to hurt the team if you're not sixty five, seventy five percent or, you know, at least in a position where you can help help your own squad. That's hard to do. That's hard to do. So, um, Bob Birmingham says, "How does he not know folks that was still not feeling good from COVID?" Well, the player has to tell somebody. Like if you don't know, you don't know. That's why, like if you have if you have kid, Bob Birmingham, you would you identify with this. One of the toughest things is we, is having a kid is like when they can't talk because you don't know when they start crying. Are they poopy? Are they are they? The diapers wet. Are they hungry? Are they hurt? Are they sick? Are they hot? Are they cold? Are they uncomfortable? Are they, like you, you don't know. You got to guess, and it's so frustrating. So the moment the kids start communicating with you, they say, "Hey, I don't feel. I don't feel good." That man makes it so much easier to parent. It makes it so much easier. And I'm just letting you know about the protocols. At that level, if you don't feel right, it's the player's responsibility to let someone know. And if you do let someone know, and then that does not get properly communicated to the head coach, now that's on the medical staff. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen a Tennessee trainer get crucified on the sideline on national TV because a player told the medical team that he was that he couldn't go, and the medical team did not inform the coaching staff. And when it was a special teams, unit, that player was not available. And Tennessee almost had to call a timeout. If not, call the timeout. And those are things that can happen. So I remember like this trainer getting crushed on the sideline. I know exactly who he was, who he is. He was a trainer when I was in school, and I was laughing my butt off for like five minutes.
2: What I don't understand is how the coaching staff – and medical staff did not recognize or see this from Folky during the game. I talked about it yesterday. I could tell that he did not look his his normal self. He was good out of the gates against LSU, bringing the energy, forcing some turnovers, going to the free throw line, I, I get, feel you, man. creating some offensive rebounds. Like the the energy and and the activity being locked in, it was there for the jump, and it it just fell off a cliff after seven, ten minutes, however long he was out there, in the first half. And you could see it on his face midway through the first half. Like He did not look the same. He looked sick. And he, I saw Rodney and i still comment on the text box yesterday and say that, that he noticed that too. So if I can notice that and some people in the text box can notice that while watching on television, how can they not recognize that? And, and maybe they did because he didn't really play in the second half. But if, if Folky didn't tell them until after the game – how could they not have picked up on that during the game? Because I noticed it on TV, on a Roku back in Knoxville. I I, like, I I'm kind of wondering what the
1: support staff was doing, because like as a head coach, like you are, like your mind is in a different place than looking at who looks healthy and who doesn't look healthy. Like, but your support staff, your medical staff, hundred percent. I think about, like, the Kentucky football game a couple years ago when we had a player wobbling on the field, Kerbison. I think it was Kyler Kerbison, wasn't it?
2: Yes. No, no, uh, Brett
1: Kendrick. It was Kendrick. That's right. It was Kendrick. Um, I mean, he looked concussed. Everyone knew it. Like, everyone watching knew it except for <laughs> Tennessee sideline and SEC offices because, like, no one, no one did anything. So you get in the heat of the moment and like you just, you know, you, you I guess you just it's over, it's oversight. That can't happen. Regardless of like pointing the fingers who who whose fault it was, like it just it just can't happen. It can't happen. Again, you have a veteran coach, you have a veteran player. That can't happen. Period. Cuz I'm not really here to point the fingers. On whose fault it is? I don't really care. I'm just saying it can't happen.
2: Period. Uh, DeAndre, uh, he'll be back to his normal self today.
1: Tonight? I don't know, man. I mean, it's, it's just Tuesday. It was just two days ago. Yes. How do we know he's gonna be back
2: to normal? Oh no, I said I hope. Well, I hope, I, well I, I hope so too. Well, hopefully he's back to normal by Saturday, and and we're also. Like reaching the the point of, I mean, he's further and further away from those couple of days after Christmas when he had it. So, I mean, it's been nearly two weeks now, two and a half weeks, going on three weeks. I mean, it it should reach the point of getting back to being okay. Should, man. Affects everybody differently. Yeah, injuries
1: and things like illnesses are are always a touchy topic because – everyone doesn't respond the same way to the same you know, injury or, or illness. So, like, Kennedy Chandler had way more energy than John Fulkerson and looked like he was, you know, he wasn't himself, but he still looked a whole lot better than John Fulkerson. So, uh, and they both were out because of COVID, right? So, it's hard to, like, speculate and, and compare and, and assume that he's had two days where well, he should be just back to normal because it's really only been, you know, two days when you think about it uh two and a half days when you think about it and uh yeah you 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 would assume that he should be better but how better how much better who know like who who knows man
2: they're gonna need uh the, the post players to step up yeah yeah Just keep keep Carolina off the offensive glass they they should be able to attack the offensive glass I, I find it so strange that Carolina rebounds the offensive glass really well but then gives up a ton of offensive rebounds. Like how how is that possible? Yeah. And and so it's 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 there for the taking. Right,
1: let's go back to the phones and got Jay. Jay good morning. Swain Ben.
5: What's up man? Well the meteor didn't hit the earth so I didn't win last
2: night. Um <clears throat> I know. Well I was hoping for the NFL tie situation to kick in.
5: Yeah, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, we've been, uh, we've been hoping for a while. I mean, I know nothing really changes. I mean, they're still just – I mean, it's not like – I mean, what, is George's recruiting just going to get better now? I mean, I, you know, but –
1: No, his, just, no his, the championship validates the efforts that yeah. he's put in recruiting, and now all the, 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 the promises he's made about, hey, you come here, you help us win a championship, we're going to win a championship, we're going to win
2: a championship, mm-hmm. like he's done it now. It validates him it as does. a coach. It, so it does. He was already a good coach, but there was a narrative, and and mm-hmm. it wasn't necessarily a false narrative, but mm-hmm. but there was a narrative that I I think was somewhat dramatic. Oh, he can't coach. Like he's had some bad moments, but to act like he was a bad coach was always a little dramatic. He was a good coach who was still trying to figure out how to get over the top, and now unfortunately he's done it.
5: Well. You know, it had me thinking last night, and it just seems like in college football in today's age, in the Saban era at least, that there is such a drop-off in talent from teams like Alabama and Georgia that are recruiting top three classes every year to teams that are just like in that 7-10 to 10 range. And to me, that just, it just doesn't make sense. Like, yeah, I understand you should be more talented, but... You know, Michigan hasn't been chop stewy in recruiting. And Michigan had no business being on that field with Georgia. It was just it was head and shoulders Georgia was better than them. And that's what to me is so I guess just so confusing about it all. It's just how are these how are the teams at the top so much more talented than the teams that are just theoretically right under them in recruiting? It's like if you recruit the eighth ranked class every year,
1: and you play Georgia, Alabama. They're going to kill you. Not necessarily. I mean, LSU won there. It was a perfect storm, right? Of Joe Burrow, uh, you know, Brady, the offensive you know mastermind there, and then and you had a good recruiting class that 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 coming that came in a couple times, and they kept guys. Like they kept guys on the roster. You Didn't have a lot of attrition, and they developed. Like Justin, Justin Jefferson was a two star receiver hmm that's wide receiver you shush your mouth (laughs) i'm sorry lsu i don't want to hear that lsu my god
5: (laughs) a school that can't even get a quarterback and they're out here turning out these first round draft
1: picks at receivers it's unreal hey um alabama's receiver you right now but
5: uh, yeah yeah Here's what I was thinking, though. I, I, I do think Heifel is going to be able to recruit better and better. I, I think they're going to get some solid classes in here. And with this offense that he runs, you know, maybe that gives us a, a puncher's chance. Because I don't think you can just kind of line up and play traditional against Alabama or Georgia right now the way they're recruiting, unless you have one of those LSU teams or unless you just you know, unless you're right on par with talent with them, maybe Texas A&M with this recruiting class, they just bought, but
3: mm-hmm. if not,
5: and you're recruiting in that seven to 15 range, you might need some kind of offensive, uh, you know, uh, you know, something that can equalize it offensively, like maybe what Hypo wrote.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how, how Hypo continues to recruit, especially on, on defense, to be honest. So, um, Jay, I already know what your call is every single time you call, man. It's always about recruiting it, which is what I love.
5: Hey, you know I love it, brother.
1: I know, man. Appreciate I, it. I'm
5: always I'm always thinking about how we can recruit better, but we'll 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 see what happens, guys. That's just uh it's just a, a terrible day. Georgia won a national
1: title. Yeah, it was gonna be a terrible day regardless. <laughs> either either or. But 2016, LSU was second in the country in recruiting 2017, LSU uh, was 7th in the country and looks, um, and we know what really matters is about where you finish in the, the, the conference. Uh, 2016, and, and, um, I mentioned second. 2017, they were 7th. 2018, um, they were 15. The 2019 season is when they went. And uh, Rex Shop, right? So they had good players, but they wasn't sitting at the top every year like Georgia. So go get good players, develop them, keep them there, get your stud quarterback, and you can go compete for a championship. You can go compete for a championship. Clemson wasn't number one every single year. The two times they won a championship. But they were in position they they were in the top 10 and they kept players there they developed them stud quarterback won multiple championships so you don't have to be number 1 like Georgia every year to to go win championship but you do have to be in the conversation you do better, you, you you need to be in the top third recruiting wise uh, against your competitors in this conference and you better keep them and you better develop them and you better have a quarterback 865 25503. I want to mention this before we go back to the phones. Um, y'all funny on this text box. So the John Fulkerson is fifteen years older than, than Kennedy. <laughs> Mike in Georgia says Kennedy's also about fifteen younger years younger than Falke. So and then Downtown Vault says K Kenny channel have more injury than Fulke because K C is like eighteen and Fulkes is 56. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Day from 423 says, I am nowhere near the elite athlete, but I had COVID two weeks ago and went back to the gym and was winded doing normal, low interval cardio. I was gassed. I can't imagine playing basketball for 40 minutes. Now, I mean, Ben, you, you mentioned, you know, having, you know, coming back from COVID and, you know, COVID hit my house and I can, I can see the effects of it. Um, with those in my house and and like it, 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 you might be negative and you may feel better in some areas, but man, the, 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 the spell that it does to you when it comes to breathing and being able to recover to that, man, it's, it's documented. It's done undeniable. Um, and we, we know somebody that's been affected by it. We see it with sports teams that we follow. Um, says tight ends are cool but what about the defense Tennessee did can't, can't forget about this Tennessee did add a, um, a t- <laughs> I'm only mentioning because it it's on text box you we know, you know I ain't about to make a big deal about Tennessee bringing in
2: walk-ons
1: ain't no offense to walk-ons but I might get people's hopes up about walk-on
2: you it's, gotta go do something first it's, it's a cool story because he is from Kingsport but he is going to be a preferred walk-on. Like you got you got do you got
1: do something, man. You gotta you gotta do something. And then we mentioned, you know we we mentioned Shula because it's, it's Shula. But man, you got you got you got to do something. You got you got to do something. You gotta do something. I ain't trying to be mean.
2: No, but and and the reason this tone is coming from Swain and I is because everybody acts like every commitment in the world is just a a game changer it's not it's not it's like preferred walk-ons and and like it's a cool story and and hopefully he'll get a chance to play and and hopefully it'll it'll be a story like stetson bennett's but the likelihood of it happening is very slim
1: here's here's the the message i will use that is the same as coaching about how they treat their players Everyone's not treated the same, but you'll be treated fair. Same thing goes with recruiting here for me. It's like, hey, man, we're going to treat you fair, but it ain't going to be the same. Like, getting, you know, getting a stud, highly rated player, really good player, a championship-level type player, that's going to get a little bit more conversation than a walk prefer a walk up Just, just, just yes. saying. Unless you – See which you know this could happen in the future, near future, a finagling of the system to go get stud players, going going over the scholarship limit and getting stud players and get them as walk-ons. But we ain't there yet. Let's go back to the phones. We got C-Mac. C-Mac, good morning. Good morning. What's up? What's up, C-Mac? Man, another day, another
6: opportunity to be great. Uh, a couple of things this morning. Uh, that I clearly missed. Y'all talked about Gerard yet? Yes. Um, Swain, what is the, the likelihood given the recent success,
1: some success of Bangal,
2: banger. Pussy back on home. Let's
1: do this over again. Let's do this over again, man. Let's 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 do this over again. All right, well, let's go back to the phones. The Hours Networks hotline. Let's bring in C Mac. C Mac, good morning. Why are you yelling at me? C Mac, you need to wake your ass up. You're not about to come on here making us sleep, but you gotta bring some energy. I'm
6: trying. Get I'm trying. Up.
1: Open your eyeballs, man. Wake I'm up.
6: I'm I'm really trying. All right, so let me let me let me let me try to take this approach. Mattie. I have a, a new name submission. Okay, we're going to start right. doing this until until we get there because technically.
1: I ain't do that, man. That's Ben. Whatever. Yeah. It um, to play. The,
6: the highest McKee. Yeah? <sighs> the highest McKee.
2: I don't live in Colorado like you.
6: No. Uh, uh, it's a play on words, you know? It's a play you on the highest. The, the highest McKee, you know,
2: like, you know. I've the, already reserved the, you know, my name, my kid's name, if it is a boy, for Ja Tomlin McKee. I like what? the Tomlin. Okay. Ja Tomlin and McKee. If it, and if it's a girl, it's it, going to be the sweetest. The we're sweetest, not doing the sweetest. The man. sweetest Ray McKee. I
1: like that. That's beautiful.
6: All right. I might can get down with that. I might. I might can get down that with that. Is that is beautiful. All right. All right. Uh, Swain, given the, the recent, uh, somewhat recent success of first-time head coaches who were formerly position players or uh, formerly position coaches, what is the likelihood that, you know, uh, someone like uh, Gerard could actually get a good look and some good interviews this time around?
1: I mean, it's, it's, I like I like the, the chances because you're looking around the league and young new coaches, not recycled coaches that have been head coaches that have been in the system, that go from head coaches to coordinator, coordinator to head coaches. They've done it three or four times. Like we're we're not seeing those guys, you know, get, you know, opportunities like like they used to. We're seeing young new blood and I like that. Mm-hmm. The thing that goes against your rod is that He's a defensive guy. And so we see yeah. the offensive coaches get the nod. Like we, we see Zach Taylor there with the Bengals. Um, we see Kingsbury fail at Texas Tech and then get an NFL job with zero head coaching experience in the league. And it's worked out. That's what that's that's what we're seeing. And so yeah. that's the thing that goes up against Gerard. But Gerard's going to be a beast in the interview process. There's no doubt about that. Absolutely.
6: Absolutely. This is a uh, my stretch dream goal. Got uh, twenty seconds. You a Broncos fan? I mean, no, but I mean to have more influence, uh, to have you know Peyton, to have Gerard, to have AJ uh, out in Denver with me. Uh, if that's a pretty good orange contingency, but uh, I pick took... All right, see, Rob is like way down south, and he know that. Well, he's if in he Colorado, bring his ass he? up to Denver. Yeah, but you know that's a ride well, how down. Time, so, how many
1: times you time, you're gonna go all the way to California to see Vol family? But you ain't gonna talk to your Vol family right there. It's like forty five minutes away. Yeah, what kind of friend are you, man? Y'all,
6: y'all be y'all be messing me up, man. Y'all be throwing me all the way up under the bus. You started. Shut up, shut up, shut up, Mckee. <laughs> all right, last thing. Stretch dream goal. All right, they give Gerard uh, an opportunity to be a head coach. Do we get like a thirty? two percent chance he hires uh a position coach from the Baltimore Ravens who also maybe play for uh
2: if, Tennessee. if if he wants receivers to develop and be productive i would say no
6: wow McKee.
1: <laughs> he got some receivers in the league right now doing this thing he can t- that he can claim he can he,
6: that's why you got to get that's why play? you got to get put to bed by some punk some punk a dude named jackson uh, in the playoffs um. Whatever. Okay. Well. Hey. Great phone call this morning.
1: See, see you, man. See you. See you, man. If, if I see another Jackson Mahomes Ugh, so TikTok video, oh my god, that's a good point by you, see, you, man. But I need for you to be a better friend, man. Big Shot Robbers right there in Colorado. Y'all are literally less than an hour away. You're going to fly all the way out to L.A. Hang out with Rusty and Gina, but you ain't going to hang out with Big Shot and Rob. Big it, Shot Rob is cool. We right, do out with him.
2: I can could, I could assure you Rusty and Gina are not as cool as Big Shot Rob. Nah, man. Nah, sorry, Rusty and Gina. Big Shot Rob. Just facts he's, only. His wife cool. But then again, C-Mac's not cool enough to hang with Big Shot Rob either. Oh
1: had a lot of good points today. Good show. I Fun show. It. I was I was I was scared about doing the show today. Sitting
4: Georgia won a championship. Ugh.
1: Tennessee, South Carolina tonight. We'll be back tomorrow. Talk about it. Swing event. Feel about that in barbecue.